Some of you don't. A good number of you probably wouldn't know it. I was laying on my couch at my house. You can explain this any old way you want to. I feel like we're fighting the enemy this morning. I felt that since the moment we walked in. I was sitting, laying on my couch. It was after 11 o'clock at night, and I was ready to go to bed. Started to go turn out all the lights and head to my room. When all of a sudden, out of nowhere, the Lord spoke to my heart. You say, how do you know it was the Lord? I, I knew it later. At the time, I thought it was my stomach. I said, go get milk. And I was just like, I need to get milk. I have no milk for my cereal in the morning. This is horrible. I've got to go get milk. And I was like, what? No, no, you're not going to get milk. You've got to go to bed. It's 11 o'clock at night. You're not going to bed. You're going to go to bed. You're not going to go to no store, get no milk. Long story short, I wrestled, I wrestled. I went in there. I started to get ready for bed, and I told you to go get milk. I'm like, I'm not going to get milk. He's like, go get milk. I said, all right, I'm going to go get milk. I said, but I'm going to go down here to Marshes. It's a block away right here in Franklin. I was going to go to Marshes, and I was gonna, they're open all night. I can get me a gallon of milk there, and I'll be back home in five minutes. It'll be fine. I'm going to uh, go to Myers in Middletown. I'm like, I'm not going to Myers in Middletown. That's dumb, Ray. Why would you want to go to Myers in Middletown when Marshes is right here? I said, go to Myers in Middletown, which get, means I get on the highway. I go down two exits, about three, four miles away, and I go down to Middletown in the middle of the night. Well, I did it. Got in my car, got on the highway, I go to Middletown, I go to Myers, I see a bunch of people there I know, working the third shift, I'm like, hello, how you doing? I got to get me some milk, I got milk in my hand, I'm up by the registers, all of a sudden out of nowhere, I'm just chit-chatting, having a good time, and the Lord speaks to my heart and he says, it's time to leave, now, leave now. I'm like, I got to go. And I just turned, walked up to the counter, took my milk, got in the car, got back in the high, on the highway, I'm driving up 75, headed towards the... 123 exit at Franklin, getting ready to go back home. I get off the exit, and all of a sudden, an explosion all around me. A car, blue cars, going head over end, rolled six times in front, and lands right smack dab in the road right there by my car. I went off the road. I, I saw stuff flying everywhere. I jumped out. I ran over to the car. I pulled two teenage boys covered in blood out of the vehicle. They're on the side of the road. They're crying. They're wanting their mom. They're They're upset. These were tough guys, but they were, they were hurt. They were wounded. They had glass all over them, and they were in this horrible car accident. And I picked up the phone. I was calling one of their moms, and finally one of them, Calvin, he says, Nick, where's Nick? I said, what are you talking about? I said, there's nobody else in the car. And he said, Nick, Nick was with us. Where's Nick? And I said, he got up and he started to go looking for him in the grass. I said, look, you're hurt. You, you stay right here. I'll go look. And I started looking all over the grass and I got down. And all of a sudden I saw this teenage boy laying in the grass. And I get down beside him. He is shaking from head to toe, like in shock. He's covered in blood. I reached down. I put my hand on his shoulder. And when I did, he stopped shaking. And he was trying to say something. And I said, I said, Nick, I said, my name is Ray. I said, you're going to be okay. Help us on the way. I said, just, just stay, hang tight. And the Lord, the Lord of the milk, spoke to me and said, this is his last opportunity. He's going to die. Pray the prayer with him to be right with me. 
And I was like, took my hand off of him, and he started trembling and shaking all over again. I put my hand back on him. I got down. I tried to help him. He kept trying to speak to me. I was telling him he didn't need to try to talk. And I said, look, Nick. I said, I'm a minister. I said, I'm, I'm going to pray a prayer with you. I said, you need to pray this prayer with me. He said, you're hurt really bad. I said, pray this prayer with me. And he kept trying to talk. And I, I said, don't try to speak. I said, but just pray this in your heart. I was just trying to help him. And I prayed this prayer, and he kept mimicking the words with me. And I said, Jesus, I love you. I need you. Forgive me. Just a quick little prayer. And the next thing I know, there's fire trucks and ambulances, and a helicopter lands on the highway. And the boy is taken off to Miami Valley Trauma Center where he passes away. It was a few days later that I am in my car, or I forget where I was exactly, I was get a phone call. This lady on the other end of the phone, she says, are you Ray Phillips? I said, yes, ma'am. She said, my name is Beverly, and, and she told me her last name, and, and I said, okay, how can I help you? And she said, I'm Nick's mother. And I said, oh. I said, ma'am, I'm so sorry for your loss. She was crying. She said, I'm actually leaving the cemetery right now. We just buried Nick. And she said, I have to ask you a question. And I said, okay. She said, did you pray with my boy? And at first, you know, we're so used to the way people attack you. I thought, oh, goodness, she's mad at me. She's a Satanist, and she's mad as fire because I prayed. For some reason, the way she asked, I took it negatively. And I said, Yes, ma'am, I did. And she said, oh, thank God. And she said, I've been living in Arizona. She goes, I left Nick in Middletown for a few months for him to graduate. And then when he graduated, he was going to come to live with me in Arizona. Said, I took him to church all of his life. He's been raised in church. She said, but when I moved away a few months ago, he got away. He didn't go, and he wasn't going. And she goes, and it broke my heart. And she goes, I've been praying over him every day. And she said, I said, Lord, if my boy ever gets in a terrible situation, if he ever gets in trouble, you send someone to him. She said this to me. I don't know her from Adam. And she said, you're the answer to my prayer. And I said, I'm crying. She's crying. I said, ma'am, I felt very strong to pray with him to be right with God. And she said, oh, praise the Lord. She goes, I'll see my boy again. That moment taught me so much about the amazing love of God. He's not looking for, he's looking for anyone. The, the, the song, Reckless Love, he he leaves the 99 and goes looking for the one. He, he went to the grass off the side of Franklin. He laid it on someone's heart. He knew God knows all things. He is, is and was and is to come. He knows all things. He lives outside of our time. He knew what was going to take place, but he had somebody. He found somebody that would get through their thick skull to go get some milk that night in order to be the answer to prayer for a mother who would not give up on her son. The enemy, listen to me closely, the enemy is no match for a mama on her knees. The enemy is no match 
for a Christian who is bound and determined that the name of Jesus Christ will be lifted up and honored. God wasn't looking at the fact that Nick was where he shouldn't have been, drinking what he shouldn't have been drinking, messing with the kids he shouldn't have been messing with. God wasn't even looking at that. God was confronting him right where he was and loved him in spite of where he was. That's the sovereign grace of God. He loves us. That's why we're so diehard here this morning. That's why we can't, we can't get enough. That's why we want to go for a third round on that song. We're not a bunch of lunatic fanatics that ain't, haven't got any sense. We're actually pretty smart people. Got several doctors and lawyers and all kinds of rich people. We got a lot of people sitting in here. We've even got some people that work at Milton's Donuts. There's a lot of smart, intelligent people that have figured something out. That God is real. The power of God will chase you down. He'll kick down any wall. He'll knock through any problem. There ain't a devil in hell God's afraid of. Amen. The message we're preaching this morning is about a transformed life. And we talked about Paul. Paul, murderer, Paul. Thinking he was doing it all in the name of his God. He was a terrorist is what he was. In the name of God, he was out killing and rampaging and waking people up in the middle of the night and dragging them to prison, throwing them in jail for the Christian faith. He hated Christians, hated Christ, hated Christ's followers, thought they were crazy nutcases, and he was out to, in the name of his God, in what he believed, he was out to completely eradicate them off the face of the earth. And in that process, right in the middle of his anger, he had heard there were some Christians in Damascus, and so he's on the Damascus road, and he's heading that way in his rage, in his anger, in his violence, in his murdering thoughts, evil and wicked to the bone. He'd been given in. He'd given in to the wrong thoughts and deception and believed he was right. But then the Lord stopped him right in the middle of his crusade. I'm so glad the Lord interrupted me my life. I'm so glad he stopped me. I didn't go to camp meeting at Hare Arena that night. I didn't get off work and go, oh, I'm going to get my good Christian clothes on. I'm going to go to church and I'm going I'm to get saved tonight. No, I went there looking for girls, to be quite honest. And I found one. She was real cute. I was going to go out to eat with her after service. That's why I went. But, of course, I spied my mother over in the corner. of You see, my mother is one of them Bible-toting, Holy Ghost-filled Christian believers. My mother has faith. Her faith has put her in heaven right now, and that's where she's at. And I'm going to see her again. Because I got faith. I got the same faith she does. And so I'm going to see her again. And I'm not going to let anything keep me from that. 
That woman, I spied her as I walked into the hair arena that night in my clothes, trying to be attractive. And there was my mother. She looked at me and she was like, my baby came to camp meeting. And I was just like, you know what I was? I was angry. I was mad. I can't count how many times my mother would come in my room and she'd be like, baby, I just want to read this scripture and I want to pray with you. And I'd be like, oh, mom, I'm watching Charlie's Angels. Baby, I want you to read this scripture. I'd be like, Mom, I read it before. You see, there's a natural, the the human, the, the world, there's a natural move to go against the things of God, the, the nature of, of Christianity. There's a whole movement out there. It, it's called evil. And it's working against the move of God. I didn't want anything to do with it. When I saw her that night and she was like, I was like, yeah, I sat as far away from her as I could. But I sat through that service. And the reason that I tell you about it, because see, I, I got saved at every revival growing up. If, if I felt guilty, if the preacher was like, some of you young people, you've been living wrong. You've been thinking things you ought not to think, hanging with friends you ought not to be with. I'd be like, that's me. <laughs> to get down here and pray, I'm in. Here I am. Oh, forgive me, Jesus. What are are y'all doing tomorrow? (laughs) I go right back to it. Because how many of you know guilting and trying to persuade and trying to change a mind or, or trying to make somebody feel bribed, that stuff don't work. And that's not the kind of church we want. We're not we're not trying to build a whole church full of hypocrites. You see, that's the foundation for hypocrisy. That's the theology that I think is dangerous. We got a bunch of folks in the church that are following all the rules, paying all their tithe, and they're being good, and they're following everything they're supposed to do. But they're hollow and dead on the inside, and they've never had that Damascus Road experience. You see, Hararina that night, the reason you hear about it so much, I got saved several revivals, but none of those were my Damascus. July 2nd, 1981. W.P. Atkinson preaching a powerful message. Gary and Kathy Turner singing my favorite song. Didn't even know who they were at that time. But as Kathy started singing, move me with your message again. It's been too long since I have broke with it. She started singing that. I started to cry. And I was like, I remember all the stories my mama told me. And I remember all the church services I'd been in where I, I knew it was right. Move me with your message once again. I, I broke. And the preacher got up and was preaching, WP preaching the fire down he was anointed he was slinging he was doing this and doing that and I was just feeling this Holy Ghost touch on my heart it's like there was nobody else in the room and I'll never forget when I was sitting there Liz and I said if you're talking to me if this is for me 
I got to know that if I get up out of my seat, I was shy. I was backward. Y'all know me as a, you know, a chatterbox. But when I was back then a teenager, you look at me sideways, I turned purple with embarrassment. I didn't talk to nobody. It took everything in my power to even muster up to be able to sit next to that girl that I liked. It was everything. That's why I'm not, not married today. I was shy and backward and couldn't speak to nobody. I remember my biology teacher calling on me to say something in biology class, and I stood up, and I was shaking, and I was holding my little index card, and Jennifer Gad, the biggest popularist cheerleader in school, was sitting on the front row, and she goes, look at his face, it's purple. <laughs> I was petrified. I said, God... In front of all these thousands of people, if I get up from here, I got to know that if I go down there, you're going to meet me there. I got to know that I'm not meeting religion. You know, I didn't know what I was saying, but I knew, I knew in my heart what I felt. And I, I'm not going down there for a preacher. I'm not going down there for my mother. I'm not going down there for all the, I'm, if I go down there, I want to know that God, creator of the universe, the God that I've heard about my whole life, the God of my mother, I want to know that that God is going to be waiting for me right there at that altar. And no sooner than I thought, said those thoughts, a message came out in the camp meeting, and W.P. Atkinson interpreted it, and he said, I'll never forget the words, it's on tape. He said, if you will just come to me, I will make myself real to you. He said, and I will empower you for my service. You will, I, he said, I want you. And I was like, I totally freaked out. I stood up. I walked down to the front. I got down there. There was a dark-headed man and a white-haired man standing down there. I didn't know who they were. I walked over to him, and the one dark-headed man looked at me and said, My Lord, son, the Holy Ghost is all over you. I said, I know. <laughs> I knelt and prayed, and I felt the power of God. I felt this, this energy, this fire inside me came in my heart and lit me up like a Christmas tree. I stood up, had no idea that that preacher was Lane Sargent and Ron Medley, who I would go to their church in several months later. Had no idea that they would end up being spiritual fathers to me the rest of my life. Had no idea that I'd be following in his footsteps to be the pastor of his church. Because it was this one, the pastor of this church, before I ever was even going here. He's the one who prayed me through. Tell me God ain't got plans, that God don't sit back enjoying how he works things out. Unbelievable. You and I, we're part of a grand, grand story. If we'll just allow him, allow him access to our heart. Because it's not about the mind. It's not about changing your mind. It's about allowing God to change your heart. He says, I'll make you a new creature. Old things passed away. You say, what kind of old things? Every hurt, every abuse, everything you've ever had to deal with, everything that's ever come down the, however bad the enemy has attacked you and fought you and brought you down to the lowest ebb, no matter how low he has brought you, when Jesus comes on the scene, when heaven kisses earth and you are right in the middle of it, it 
is explosive. There's no way to describe it. That's why the church is full of people who have been making it happen in themselves. They've been working hard their whole life to change their mind and change their behavior. And what I hate about what I feel has happened to the church is we've got a bunch of folks that are here today and a good number of you have discovered the transforming power of an almighty God. The same power that created the earth, the universe, and all the energy and power that's here on the earth. That God comes in and lives in your heart. Galatians 2 and 20. For I am crucified with Christ. It is not I who lives, but Christ who lives in me. And so now the life I live in faith, I live in confidence of the one who loved me and gave his life for me. When the power of Christ is living inside of me, it changes everything. There are people that have had that encounter. You've had a Damascus Road encounter. There's a bunch of folks that got saved because they felt guilty. They got saved because they, they felt bad, because they were, were bribed, because they, mama and daddy or grandma said, man, come to church and I'll, I'll give you $10. They've come for all the wrong reasons. And those people sit on pews and you wonder why the world is out there saying, there's so many hypocrites in the church. You know why that's true? Because there are a bunch of hypocrites in the church. People who have not truly understood the transforming, renewing, power of God they just got religion they just got religion so what's important about who we are what this service is all about and where we are in our one church series we talked about a place for everyone and everyone in their place we talked a few weeks ago about about a towel you know take up your towel and follow me and today I Entitled this message because it's about what, who we are and what we're all about. What we're all about and the reason we do every ministry, the reason we do the music, the reason we have church, we light it up, we've got it all going here today. The reason all of this is happening, the kids are down in ministry, children's church in the nursery area, and we have ministries, outreach, and there's a bake sale. The reason we do all of those things is for the transformed life. It's for a transformed life. All for a transformed life. And Paul, our greatest example of someone walking his own way, doing his own thing, and he was confronted by this power I'm talking about. Because I don't want you to respond to, you can't respond to a preacher, you can't respond to a church, you can't even respond to mom and daddy. And it be real. But I want to assure you that just because that's all you've ever known or all that you've ever thought about, let me clue you in on something that you're missing. There is a God. And there is a power. And he is ready to transform and change your life. He wants you to know him. Not guess, not think, not 
try to figure it out yourself, not try to make it all happen. He wants to absolutely show you the power that made the whole earth, the power that made the universe. We're looking at Hawaiian volcanoes, and we're looking at them as they're erupting, exploding, and they're talking about the energy and the power that's in those things. Do you realize that God just spoke that into existence? Power. He says, I don't want you. God literally looks at you and says, I don't want you to know religion without me. I don't want you to know living a life of faith without me. He says, I want you to know me so you'll know how real it is. Stand with me this morning. This service has went nothing, nothing like it was ordered to go. Didn't go at all like first service. If you want that message, go listen to that one online today. But with every head bowed and every eye closed and nobody moving around, I'm going to ask you a question today. Listen to these words before I ask. Before I spoke a word, you were singing over me. You've been so, so good to me. Before I took a breath, you breathed your life in me. You have been so, so kind to me. Oh, the overwhelming, never-ending, reckless love of God. It chases me down, fights till I'm found, leaves the 99. I couldn't earn it. I don't deserve it. Still, you give yourself away. Oh, the overwhelming, never-ending, reckless love of God. When I was your foe, still your love fought for me. You've been so, so good to me. When I felt no worth, you paid it all for me. Oh, the overwhelming, never-ending, reckless love of God. There's no shadow you won't light up, no mountain you won't climb up. Coming after me, there's no wall you won't kick down, no lie you won't tear down. You are coming after me. The question I got for you this morning is, with every head bowed and every eye closed, this private moment, just you, I'm going to see because I want to pray for you. Is he coming after you today? Are you feeling the Holy Spirit of heaven is touching your heart and you're sensing, you're feeling a, a need for change, a need for something you can't do on your own. You can't change yourself. You can't make yourself pure. You can't change your heart. You were never expected to. God will do it all. Through Jesus Christ. Through Jesus Christ who came and gave his life for you. There ain't no friend ever done that for you. But Jesus, Jesus has. And he wants to know if you need him. And if he's tapping on your heart today, my question is, is he here for you today? Are you the reason that the service changed? Are you the reason that God is working in this service like he has? And if that's you and we're going to pray a prayer, you're going to stand right where you are. Not going to call you down front, but I am going to pray with you right where you're standing. If that's you, would you just slip up your hand and ride back down? Say, preacher, that's me. Pray with me today. Amen. God bless you. Is there anyone else? I want to pray that prayer today with you. I need to be right with the Lord. I know he's coming after me today. Is there anyone else?
God bless you. I see you. Amen. Christians are praying. It's a decision that will change your entire life. It'll make everything right. It'll be a work that you don't have to do. He does. Are you here? Anyone else? You need this today. We're going to pray right now. All right. Let's pray together. We get the opportunity to enter in with you to the throne room of grace. We pray this prayer. So I'm going to ask you to pray with me, church, everyone together. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, come into my heart. Forgive me of my sins. I accept you as my Savior. I make you Lord of my life. You died on the cross for me. You rose from the dead. You purchased the salvation. I receive it today. According to your word, as I confess to you now with my mouth, and I believe it in my heart, I'm saved, born again. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Praise God. Praise God. Now, church, one last prayer I want to pray over you is this. I want to pray that God would touch your heart and mine. That will guard against the slow fade. Come on now, listen to me for a second. I know, we're leaving. The slow fade. Christians get cold and indifferent. Christians lose the fire, the power of their initial walk with God. The Bible says it's waxing cold. We get lukewarm. We let down our standards. We stop worrying about our prayer life and reading the word. We get busy and involved. and We start thinking like the world wants us to think. And we start getting cloudy in our thoughts. And we think that we can fix and we can do and we can manage and we can run our own life. And so then we call ourselves a Christian, but we only have a form of godliness. And we deny the power. My prayer for us today is that that not be named among us. That we repent of that. That we allow the renewing fire of God's Holy Spirit to work in us. Amen? Amen. I want you to pray with me. Lord, as we come now, I pray over this congregation. I pray, Lord, over every family, mother, father, every son, every daughter. I pray in the name of Jesus that you'll touch every life and every heart. That the work of God will be done and accomplished to keep the fires burning. The flame of God a fire in us. That, Lord, we will stay on that firing line. That we won't allow ourselves to get cold and indifferent. We won't allow ourselves to become numb to the things of this world or to the things of the world to come. Lord, we won't allow the things of this life, the evil in the world, to speak into our spirituality. But, God, we will stay focused. We will stay, Lord, on our face. We will seek you in all that we do. And, Lord, we will remain strong, finally strong in the Lord so that we can say at the end of it all, we've been faithful, we have stood through and endured like the good soldier you've called us to be. In the name of Jesus Christ, we pray. And everyone said amen. Amen. I would like, before Cameron comes, I wanted to do this before I preach, but I've got some friends that are here from Atlanta, Georgia. And this is Chuck and Crystal Corvin. I went to school with Chuck. 
and we've known each other for almost 30 years, one of my dear friends. I want you to welcome them to Stratford Heights. They're visiting with us today. Put your hand up. There they are. So be sure and go by and say hi and shake their hand and give them a $100 bill, whatever you want to do. But uh, we're so happy that they're here. They're in ministry and they serve in the Church of God down in Atlanta. And we're proud of them, or, or the Kula, Lawrenceville. There we go. They, they, they love it down there and they're visiting with me today. So I'm excited to have them and their daughter, Emma Reese. Now, when you see her, it's not Emma, it's Emma Reese. So you got to say hi to her as well today. Come on, Cameron. Hey, man, God bless you. Thank you for being here today. Want a quick reminder about the meet and greet in the, in the, down in the bookstore. Check out the other things going on in the lobby. Thank you for being here. God bless you today. Singers here with me tonight. Not now. Tell them where you bought your from. <laughs> 